0: Hello and welcome to One for the Books. I'm Jacinta And I'm Emma. Um, we're a book podcast for everyone. Whether you love reading or your idea of a book is a glossy nag, we have recommendations to kickstart your book club. Eagle part Book Club, Ultimate Reckless and Catch Up With Your Friends. You nailed that. absolutely on-the-fly queen. <laughs> I mean, again, I have it written in front of me. I'm still not off-script. <laughs>
1: I actually can't believe that we're deep three into like in and season and like, three yeah no.
0: <laughs> i think it's like the panic of just not having it in front of me and so i just always do
1: no, you've got to go forget? fast and loose. Like, <laughs>
0: fast and loose. You don't know what's going to come out of your mouth. Like, let's <laughs> fly by the seat of our pants. <laughs> Look, we could then spend like 30 minutes trying to get the fucking intro, I reckon, yeah. knowing me. <laughs> You'll be like, never mind, go back to scripted immediately. Hey, that's how I describe
1: <laughs> every single book I've ever talked about <laughs> on this podcast. Do not worry.
0: Uh, I love it. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to be chatting to you again. It feels like it's I been know. a long time. Welcome
1: everyone to a very long overdue book club read I feel like.
0: Absolutely and we like kind of messed with our own internal order a little bit (laughs) for some of these so we're (laughs) kind of throwing it back to a book that um, for all of our book club members uh, we read quite a while ago. Exactly and I feel
1: like it was another one that had a lot of mixed reviews absolutely and i think we weren't very excited to talk about it
0: (laughs) actually that's a good point um but the theme for this episode is um books by a marginalized author so trying to expand sort of the diversity of our to be read piles and what we're sort of challenging our book club members to get um yeah get lost in I suppose
1: because it's that thing that we always talk about these prompts are so helpful to just expand what you're actually reading because unconsciously you I mean I definitely do I read the same kind of books all the time so actually having to like go out of my way to find maybe books by groups of people who aren't often heard is so good
0: yeah exactly and I also just think like you said it is really fun because it's just a completely different perspective sometimes or it really highlights you know the commonalities between groups of people or experiences but yeah if I just um if I just follow like you know top read lists I feel like they're often very white very same same so yeah this is sometimes a breath of fresh air not sure that that holds true for the book club pick yeah. but um for the most part I think it can be a breath of pressure I think I'm the lone loved this book <laughs> again I think you might be and I, I... heard that you were on our recent one as well I'm <laughs> always the one who likes the books maybe if other people take the wheel. absolutely not because I think I also chose this book and I think I went in with really high expectations mm. and was just like i don't know it just didn't quite get there for me so we are talking
1: about love in color mythical tales from around the world retold by bolu babalola and i feel like that is such a good point that you made it was a bit hard to get into and i feel like that is the issue with a lot of short story books or anthologies i feel like that was the issue with this right
0: Actually that is a really good point because there were some stories that left me feeling a bit flat and I just wasn't as interested yeah. in for whatever reason the characters and narrative whatever but then there were others that I really kind of fell into and then it felt really jarring and disappointing because they went so ended quickly so fast. yeah yeah and it was like these are really you know so basically the premise is that Bolu Babalola has taken um love stories and myths from around the world from different cultures Um, and rewritten them in a sort of more modern context Mm. and it's really, it's a fascinating collection. She's selected some really cool stories but... Yeah, some of them I just wanted to know so much more than than she could have ever offered because it is a short story sort of anthology. So Such we're never going to get point. the level of detail that we probably craved from some of them. And, like, some of them are complex
1: stories. They're traditional yes. myths or tales. And then she has, like, a classic or, like, a modern twist on it set in the current world or she, like, delves deeper into, like, certain backstories, which is so interesting. But you're right, some of them – and I think – Some of them weren't as good and I think you can tell that so much more when they're like
0: back-to-back and after each other,
1: like a short story. So those differences are so much more obvious
0: Oh, that is such a good point. When cause they're you're next almost to each other, this... yeah. Yeah, it's like an immediate point of comparison. It's like having two screens side by side and being yeah. able to spot the differences. It's very similar concept because your brain is like, but hang on, that last <laughs> one was brilliant. Exactly. What the fuck is happening here? I, but I liked her writing. How did you find her writing? Same. I did. I just, I think some of the characters didn't hook me quick enough for a short story collection, mm. but I don't think that that's necessarily a reflection on her writing. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really clever that she used sort of the concept of love as the overarching principle behind each um, of the stories she told, but that she used love in lots of different ways. Like, it wasn't just your stereotypical kind of heterosexual romantic love. There was self-love. Like, there were different elements that she brought in that I really appreciated from sort of almost a, yeah, a collection of, like, mythological love stories.
1: I know, such a good point because you do kind of recognise either some of the names or some of the places or some of the myths have been like retold in different kind of cultures over and over again so to kind of like pick up on those elements but then have it either reimagined in a completely different place in time or just like a extended story I kind of loved but I think that's we were talking about this difference At the start of every book, I looked up the original person and the original story.
0: No, that's amazing. Which I
1: found was so much more interesting to, like, go into the story knowing the back. And it kind of – it made me a bit more interested in what I was reading and it got me a bit more invested. So I feel like – so
0: fascinating. That was always a
1: difference, yeah.
0: Because I think that was simultaneously the thing I loved but maybe for me made it the biggest struggle was that she – Picked stories that I personally wasn't familiar with, particularly, Mm. you know, growing up in the Western world. um, Yeah, because they're all
1: from um, Nigeria and Persia and even like Gambia. Like Like, there's places that we don't hear stories a lot.
0: Absolutely. Like really focuses on on sort of African and Mm. Middle Eastern myths and folklores. Whereas I grew up in a very white household maybe Greek mythology was potentially like the thing I was exposed to the most there is I mean there is like a great yeah there
1: is one (laughs) there
0: is one but it was I simultaneously loved it because it exposed me to so many different stories and sort of cultural touch points than I would ever have you know read before but Maybe that's part of where it fell short for me was that it was my own sort of lack of understanding. Maybe if I had more of that context going in, it would have been a more exciting story to read.
1: Did you like the, um? because I think the Greek mythology story was about like a magazine office and the office building was called Mount Olympus. Did you like oh, yeah. that story? Because you could recognise it.
0: Um, I In some ways, it's almost a curse of like, it works both ways where <laughs> yeah. I think part of me was like, oh, like, this feels a bit cheesy in some You
1: can, yeah, it's laid out really, yeah, really
0: bad. Yeah, we're almost, like, because I was more familiar with it, it felt, like, laid on way too thick because I was, like, oh, my God, you're, like, slapping us over the face with this. But then, obviously, there's people that read it that don't know anything about Greek myths in the the way that I knew nothing about, you know, the Ghanaian myths that she spoke about. So, yeah, I don't know. I did enjoy it for different reasons. But, yeah, I don't know. There wasn't... Is that one didn't pull me in as much as I hoped.
1: I yeah. actually I liked the Nefertiti one, which she oh was my God, like so good. That was the best one. And that was one of the ones that was like a same sex relationship as well. Yes. It was yes. so good. It was worth just reading on its own. So there were there were yes. like real amazing highlights, but you can tell the difference definitely when they're all
0: like side by side. Yeah, so there's just like enough that kind of it pulls you in, but I just struggled. I felt like it could have been stronger for me the collection.
1: I think yeah. that's totally fair. And I guess because she's writing about love, it's very purple writing. Like she writes – I loved her writing, but I can imagine it would get a lot as well if you're reading it all at once because it's, True. like, very lush and, like, sensual and, like, very descriptive.
0: True. So it's kind of And I do good find that sometimes bits. a little bit much in, you know, sort of the generic romance novels. So, yeah, maybe – yeah, classic Coupled romance in novels. there didn't yes. help the cause for me. Yeah,
1: true. <laughs> <laughs> would you recommend this to other people or would you pass uh, on it?
0: I don't know if I would. I feel like it would have to be the right kind of person. I think particularly after doing it for book club and hearing that like a lot of people in the book club struggled with this one and mm. they struggled to get through it and sort of feel that sense of investment and sort of personal buy into it. Um, it made me realise that I think it, You would have to kind of undersell it in some ways I think to make I think you also have to like short
1: stories are really particular as well I feel like people would have to love short stories as well because it's such a specific form of like reading So true
0: yeah you're right because it is it's almost its own little self-contained genre within the broader genres you know like this might sort of fit that miss retelling genre but yeah it's a short story anthology within that so it's so quite yeah, different you've got to have both of those <laughs> those dual lenses going on those
1: lags yeah I mean I'm glad I read it it was a very interesting one for like a book I will club. say
0: I'm glad I read it as well though to be honest like I did enjoy so many parts of it I would do- you recommend it to other people
1: I think they would have to really love short stories and yes. really love retellings of
0: mm and actually
1: really like romance is very very heavy on the romance as well.
0: That's true and I do f- I some people that just was a hate it. Yeah. For me. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So I think I would but it would have to be the right person. I don't think I would recommend this just to anyone. So if that yes. fits you have a go at it but otherwise (laughs) probably one to pass
0: (laughs) you man i love it (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly okay so yeah that was loving color by bolu babalola but hopefully we're at least inspiring you to consider authors that may not necessarily be on your radar or as well known
1: she's Um, actually a great follower on twitter i followed her after that she's quite she's actually
0: really funny oh yeah bloody x England, ruining yes, everything exactly actually I think I follow her on Instagram now but I follow so many people that I don't think her content ever shows up for me because it's just like oh yeah exactly the of time but
1: I think she's actually really funny so I would love to see her like do something a bit more lighthearted and humorous next time so
0: that makes me think then that she would be a brilliant like writer's week um person like an author for them to bring out for something like a Writer's Week event. Because she would actually be good to talk to. Yes, and like a good panellist, because I feel like that is like a skill in and of itself that like, to be fair, I don't think lots of authors have. (laughs) Yeah, Um, we don't want to know about
1: how long it took you to write and all like the process. I just don't find that interesting.
0: Yeah, and like we want some humour, we want some personality, like, Yeah. So yeah, maybe she would be good, you know, for that. Whenever we end up being in charge of Adelaide Writers Week, when we Week, start
1: running it, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> maybe we can we can bring her out for it.
1: I do think that's a brilliant
0: <laughs> idea, and I fully stand by it. <laughs> Thank you, fellow co-producer of <laughs> Adelaide Writers Week, circa twenty thirty five.
1: <laughs> oh my god, yeah, manifest it, manifest it. That's Dream. all we need to
0: do. Exactly. Um, what book are you <laughs> recommending?
1: Oh, so I am back on my nonfiction
0: kind fiction of bandwagon.
1: It on. I feel like we were just talking earlier about how busy we've been with the voice and everything that went yes. on with that. And I feel like in the lead up Ooh. to that, I was trying to read as much as I could. And yeah. I also had a conversation with my friend about the idea of voice, truth and treaty and how... When people think of truth telling, they just think of the awful things that happen, like the massacres and stolen generations and the frontier wars.
0: Yeah.
1: But it actually isn't just about the sad things there's also so much like positive history to celebrate absolutely all the ideas indigenous people have like the trade routes and the advanced yeah. farming and the techniques the
0: technology yeah yeah there's so
1: much so i've been thinking about that a lot and that's why i picked up this book mm-hmm. it's called sand talk how indigenous <gasps> thinking can save the world by tyson Yunkaporta.
0: Oh my god, do you know, I feel like this has been on my to-be-read pile for so fucking long. <gasps> has and it? I've heard only phenomenal things about it. Like, I've heard it's quite academic, but that it's phenomenal in terms of the knowledge contained yes. within it. I was completely
1: blown away by this
0: book. Like, it was,
1: yes. don't get me wrong, it was, like, challenging. It actually kind of makes you rethink a lot of what you learned and like what how you mm. think of things like it was really challenging in that way um but so worth it in the end it's basically so Tyson he's like an academic he's like a writer mm. researcher um and he thinks a lot about indigenous knowledge and how indigenous traditions still like are useful for us now and he kind of packages this book it's not just like a theory book he also weaves in like interviews and almost like memoirs and like kind of things based on his life his approach is basically based on the idea of yarning which is like this beautiful thing in indigenous culture where it's not just a conversation it's like a really important kind of back and forth about thinking Mm. and cultural significance and all of that kind of thing so he has a yarn with a bunch of um, really interesting people on different topics and different kind of areas of thinking, and it's almost like someone. I heard someone call it like reverse anthropology. It was almost like, oh my
0: god, instead what a cool of phrase. yeah,
1: instead of looking like from indigenous knowledge systems, how like from a Western perspective, he was yes. kind of going backwards and seeing yes. how those perspectives now manifest itself. our world now which was truly so fascinating you like it does make you think a lot it's not an easy read like I said in that but it's kind of like such a beautiful book and I came away so much more richer because of it it's like he's such a brilliant writer actually read started reading her but I found that tough so I actually switched to the audiobook and he is such like a beautiful voice it's like super he writes it super like conversationally you feel like it's written in the second person so it's like you two are having a conversation or having a yarn. It's, like, beautiful. Oh His humour really comes through as well. So um, that was, like, a really way, good way to, like, get these really broad kind of philosophical questions. Yes. Really complex kind of ideas in understanding it. But, yeah, you kind of do come away with more questions or more like, why are do we do the things we kind of do <laughs> and this is um, wrong kind of thing.
0: I feel like that makes me think of how I felt sort of post-reading Darking Yeah. and even any of the first knowledges collection of books. The, oh, I don't know a few them. Of them. Oh, so I think I, I talked about one years ago called, um, and I think it was the first one in the series, but okay. it was all about song lines. <gasps> Love um, that, yes. Yeah, I do remember you talking about that. Yeah, yes. so it's a collection. So I think there's Five, six, something like that. Now there's one on plants and botany. There's one on law. Oh, beautiful. L A W law. Um, and then there's one that um, Bruce Pascoe did with someone else about um, country and caring for country and sort of like um, burning, burning country as part of that. Yeah. Anyway, they're a really amazing yeah. collection of books and similar. Where you kind of go. Holy shit. Yes, exactly. How <laughs> have I got to my mid 30s and I still don't know this and this is the history of the country that I've resided exactly. in my entire life.
1: Even it challenges your beliefs as well. It's like why did I always think that? It's yes. Been, that's not the case. I've like had this biased opinion all my life. So
0: Absolutely. It's
1: it's really fascinating in that respect and it's like a, this beautiful kind of celebration of the profound wisdom mm. and gift of like indigenous culture and perspective it was yeah it really does broaden your mind and but then mm. he also he's very artistic he uses either custom drawings
0: Oh my god so To like
1: bring the clarity of thought of like what he was actually explaining for the chapter like he uses like those patterns or those symbols so you always have like a symbol or a, a shape or he like creates a tool like that he makes like himself to represent the chapter so it was just like really smart ways to kind of condense these super intense massive worldview kind of opinions into something that you can understand and it just made it so much deeper and more profound it was it was such an amazing experience
0: oh.
1: yeah I really really recommend anyone to pick it up it was just such an incredible experience I really loved it fuck and my think- white western Australian and ed- western <laughs> education like honestly
0: right well I was gonna say I think there's a couple of points here like I think this is actually a really helpful way for all of us to decolonize our own mindsets about yes. what education even looks like,
1: like the way you think
0: it's yes and wild. the way you approach it and yeah. the biases you bring to every single moment of your day but yeah what does education look like what does knowledge mean mm. how that is transferred like all What's of that valued? even just unpicking um, all of that is su- such an important process to begin yeah. But I also really loved your point of particularly sort of post-awful outcome of The Voice, mm. um, which obviously disappointing in a whole other awful conversation. Yeah. Um, but the importance of not just having stories by marginalised folks that's effectively just trauma porn. Yes, um, not just so the negative Im- things. Exactly. It's so important to be able to see you know black joy Mm. or aboriginal joy or whatever it might be particularly in the face of like the you know all we get bombarded with is lots of awful statistics and stories but there is so much love and joy and kindness that live within these communities and these people and it's so important that we see that as much as we see all of the awful effects of colonization oh this is making me like desperate to bump this up the the pile of it's books. yeah it's worth it it's a fast I've never read a
1: book like it it's like fascinating oh, okay
0: okay it's literally I'm not even joking I think I bought this pre-pandemic or like <gasps> yeah because it came out like in the pandemic it, I think
1: it yeah you're right that makes sense it came out around like 2019 or something
0: yeah I reckon it was yeah around then and I think I bought it like end of 2019 maybe early 2020 and I still have not read it so <laughs> <laughs> That shows you how long some books have been sitting on my read oh pile. Well,
1: probably but... read it in the right state of mind as well.
0: Yeah, I think I knew it was going to be a heavy read, so I think I've delayed it for yeah, that reason. That yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense.
1: Um, but no, I definitely recommend it and think everyone else should read it. That is Sand Talk by Tyson Yunker-Porter. So what is your book that you're um, going to recommend today?
0: I think you're gonna be so proud of me. Oh my um gosh. I've grown so much as a reader. I am recommending a poetry collection. Really? Yeah. Oh Which that makes like me so excited. 2020 me would never have thought I would be doing. <laughs> um, but it's a book that I've sort of seen floating around everywhere and yeah, really wanted to read it. So it's called Black Girl Call Home by Jasmine Manns.
1: Oh, I um, have seen this around. It's a yes. really pretty
0: cover of like a black woman. Um, with her hair sort of up, um, sort of getting prepped and it's just like from her back profile looks amazing. Um,
1: just makes, especially when it's a, a poetry anthology, oh, like you've got to,
0: you've got to have a good, right. Cover. But also I don't know whether this is controversial or not, but I listened to this as an audio book and I've no, never, I love that. Yeah, I've never listened to poetry before as an audiobook. And fuck, I recommend, like, highly, highly recommend.
1: Totally agree. Particularly
0: because this was read by the author, I think that would be pretty key because so beautiful. you need someone to be able to have sort of the impact and the emotion and the passion in their voice and even the phrasing and sort of the way that they lyrically interpret their own words is important.
1: Especially with um, poetry, like every comma, right? every like next exactly. line space. is so important. Yes.
0: But that is as much part of the Because I definitely do
1: pick up on that every time I read a poem.
0: But it was also really good because this is – so basically it's like a literary coming-of-age poetry collection. So it's kind of – you know, she's got tributes to so many different things. It's love letters to different parts of her life, different people that have come into her life. Um, And it's all about that kind of journey to belonging and healing and self-discovery – but in poetry form so some of them are like you know these really impassioned yeah um poems where you know she'll completely go off about the awful bullshit patriarchal um constrictions that are put on women particularly wow. black women but then other times you know she'll tell much softer stories um and it's just oh I really really loved it and I think it also helps from an audiobook perspective because Jasmine Manns is a spoken word poet so I actually Mm, feel like that forms part of my recommendation is that I think it would be better you get more out of it listening to the audiobook because she is such a powerful speaker the emotion in her voice during certain poems like brought me to tears like it was incredible oh my gosh wow um yeah and it's just this really beautiful like meditation on race and feminism and queer identity and sort of everything in between in a very contemporary context um and it's really somehow like every single poem feels relatable um and you can get something out of each and every poem in the collection it's amazing what a talent
1: to like make a really specific kind of um i guess person be so universal and those Mm. like be able to resonate like that's so beautiful
0: yeah and yeah, could not recommend the audiobook strongly enough for that reason. That she's Well, they do such... say that
1: poetry is like meant to be read or said it
0: really? out loud. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's how it originally
1: kind of originated. Which
0: makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, and look, it definitely holds true in this case. I can
1: imagine it just being, especially hearing it from her own voice, how powerful. Yes. And how kind of special that experience was. So I think that is such a good point to like yes. maybe seek out the audiobook of this.
0: Yes, and it's free on Libby. <laughs> so oh,
1: recommend. perfect.
0: Um and it's not very long because it's a poetry collection. It's only a couple favorite of hours. My favourite thing about poetry and thought. Right. right. Yeah. I've read four books today and it's just like poetry collections. And they can just pack um, a punch in like a couple oh of lines. It's like you yes. don't have to read all this like preamble with (laughs) yes to the
1: core of it i love it
0: yeah yeah, I'm not spending a thousand pages sort of trolling through yes. a character's like internal monologue. It's like, nah, babe, she got me in within like two yes. lines. Like I'm invested. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She sounds incredible. I yeah, like, honestly, please read it and then share your thoughts with me in case you think I'm completely unhinged. But I no, adored it. No, sounds amazing.
1: And like the, that cover is so evocative. It's so pretty. I, I know, can imagine I hearing it from her voice. Mm. Like I am so in love with with this and it is yeah. the fact that it's on Libby for free. Like, Heck I'm yes. getting it right now.
0: <laughs> Good, yes. It's like because I think when you listen to it, you can almost imagine being in like I don't know. I pictured being in some college bar in America somewhere where there's like a slam poetry event and she's performing, and yeah, yeah, it just feels so much
1: more interactive and alive, yes,
0: and real. I don't mm. know, there was something really. Um, it brought it to life in a way that I think reading words on a page can't always do. Um. Anyway, that is Black Girl Call Home by Jasmine Manns. Highly recommend.
1: Emma, I'm in love. I'm going to go oh. watch, like, lectures. I want to see if there's any, like, YouTube videos
0: of her
1: <gasps> reading her I own know. poetry.
0: Oh, my God, she would be amazing. I never thought of doing that. You're a genius. Because you're right, like, hearing someone yes but actually read her their perform own, as own... Well. Yeah.
1: Mm. Oh yeah! Even the visual of it.
0: That well, that's kind of what I thought you meant when you were like going to go see her perform. Like that's what I pictured now yes. is, like being able to actually her expression surely, that would exist on YouTube somewhere.
1: I yeah, I can imagine, especially because this yeah. is such a like a popular poetry
0: yes. book. But no, exactly. What uh, are your non-book slash other recommendations Oh yeah,
1: So I'm going to recommend a podcast.
0: <gasps> Love it. I've
1: been listening to this podcast for ages. I don't think I've ever talked about it, though, but it is iconic. It's called Where Should We Begin with Esther Perel.
0: <gasps> don't. Esther Perel is one my of my <laughs> favorite people of all Goodness. time. Also, I could just listen to her voice. <gasps>
1: everything and like she's, she's so, so articulate. Soft, soft spoken but like oh. can
0: pack a punch as well right every like, word is considered so yes. carefully and beautifully and it's like how is this like your fifth language that you speak like oh, oh
1: she's like she's amazing oh, she's, she's amazing do you listen to this podcast
0: I've listened to a few episodes, but I kind of cherry pick, like I don't listen to everything. I just cherry pick episodes that sort of speak to me based on their title. I can
1: understand that. So basically the podcast is centered around Esther Perel's job as a psychotherapist. And it's basically a recording of one-off therapy sessions with her actual clients. Yeah.
0: And you get so to they've hear. all consented. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: it's, like it's usually like years little. in the f- years after it's happened, yes. and they're all okay. Yeah, you just have like an insight into their therapy session. People are like bearing the most intimate, raw details mm. of their of their lives and their relationships. There's like a lot of relationship stuff, like a lot of couples therapy throughout the absolutely um, podcast, which I find fascinating if you're as nosy as I am but there's also (laughs) like workplace stuff there's like family stuff there's like relationships with yourself and everything I just think it's such a brilliant podcast I can't believe it's free it's such an intimate amazing experience well
0: produced yes she's incredible she is so qualified everything she says I'm like yes yes exactly I have right. that on a t-shirt please Esther yeah Absolutely. it's basically your
1: own little therapy session well that's how yes. I I treat it it's just so interesting listening to what people yes. have to say and they're like their issues especially like the relationship stuff is Ooh. fascinating love
0: to really but also I think the part of it that I also really appreciate is to me it really helps break down barriers like I think so often you know we're we're insulated we don't necessarily share sort of all of the gory details of the going totally. on of, our, of yes. our lives even with our closest friends so mm-hmm. to be able to get this almost peek behind the curtains it really helps to normalize your own bullshit and to be like oh I'm I feel less alone because this person's struggling with that or that couple that all of their friends think have the perfect relationship don't or you know whatever it might be I yeah. think it, it really helps dispel that grass is greener um, mentality that we can so easily get caught up in in sort of every part of our lives
1: well I think that is key of why it's so amazing it's like yes. oh shit everyone feels like it's <laughs> like yeah. I'm not the only one with like a complicated sex life or like a mm. someone who's cheated on me or whatever yes. or like tough relationship with my mother kind of thing there's so many things that you can latch on to and even if like you don't relate to any anything happening in the like the patient's life there is, like, really good advice and really amazing things to latch on to. So it's definitely worth it. I, I just think it's such an amazing concept. I'm actually going to link the Cuts article as well because it gives you where to start with it. Because I think exactly Ooh. what you said, it can be hard, like, going through what so you think will like... So this, yeah, this gives you a little bit of background of the concepts and different kind of episodes and where you should start with this podcast because it's totally worth it and I am obsessed
0: i mean i also really hope that the title of the article is where we should begin like where should we begin where Where to
1: begin with where should we begin yeah i was like
0: come on that's a ready-made fucking article title (laughs) there's that journalism degree yeah exactly In the big (laughs) box.
1: yeah esther perel just go look her up like if you don't know she's got so much so much stuff out there and it's worth it she is my hero
0: She is incredible in every way.
1: Yeah, Um, what about you? What are you recommending?
0: Um, I just feel like I'm being so boring with (laughs) this recommendation because it's so vague. But I think I've mentioned it earlier on in this episode. What do you mean it's fucking baked. obsessed. I'm literally just recommending the fact that you can get free audiobooks <laughs> on Spotify Premium <laughs> because it's blown my mind and I still can't quite believe yes. that this is a thing. And I don't also feel like this might, I feel like it might not last forever. Like, That's, this
1: is. It's no, it's a such a good point because it's like yeah. something that people might have had for ages but never knew yes. that they could actually do this. So, yeah. Completely yeah, so it's great. like
0: literally you get a certain amount of reading hours. Per I think it's month like 15, which it's is a lot. Solid, yeah. Yeah. So it's typically like at least a book and a bit. Most books come in under the 15 hour mark, even the longer ones are around 15, 16 hours. Totally. But yeah, you get them for free as part of your premium subscription. And <gasps> I just can't quite believe and like new releases. Like I just read a book on there that I'm obsessed with that I won't talk about in this episode because I think I'll reference it in a future episode. But I loved it. And it was like literally in, it's in bookstores. It's really popular at the moment, but it was free on Spotify. And you're not paying anything more than you have been paying. Like that's crazy. Right? We're like, look, ethically, I'm sure there's, some questions around (laughs) how authors are getting paid and how also Spotify is completely fucked like musicians' incomes. And perhaps this is doing the same thing for authors. So, like, ethically ambiguous. But surely Audible is...
1: Doing that I first, mean,
0: you, but I guess they're charging more of a cost uh, good normally, point. and yeah, it's like yeah, exclusively yeah. that content. Anyway, I don't know. I haven't That's looked into point. the ethics of it, yeah, but yeah. I feel a bit murky. Um, <laughs> but as a consumer, I'm still like fucking beside myself. <laughs> I am so jealous. Don't yes. try and save
1: a couple bucks like I did and get the student version, because <laughs> um, you don't get the free really? audio books. I'm so devastated by this, but I think... Yeah, I think it's so good and I'm so glad Spotify went in this direction.
0: Yeah, same, absolutely. And then I just wanted to be sneaky and do a classic me and recommend one other thing.
1: Oh, yes, please. Just
0: feel like we cannot get through this episode without acknowledging that there's some really awful atrocities happening Mm. um, to Palestinians and that it's just, yeah, it's really awful. It's really heavy, but I think it's a really important message for people to not look away Um, and to follow there's some really amazing Palestinian journalists doing incredible work on the ground, literally risking their lives to be able to send out some of these images and videos and communicate the sort of day-to-day real-life trauma um, that they're experiencing. And one journal that I'm absolutely... Loving is the wrong word, but he's doing amazing work, is Motaz Azaza. I was going to say, he is my
1: favourite.
0: Same. I think he's just got this really powerful way of sort of telling stories and the ways that he showcases sort of how much has changed for the worse in the last literally, you know, month. Um, So, yeah, we'll link his Instagram, but highly recommend making sure you don't turn away from, yeah, the real life of what is happening.
1: I love that you've recommended that I think that's such an important point and yeah following those people also like Palestinian art or Palestinian exactly writers and poetry yes. I've got like a but
0: like a list that I'll link as well like to almost our point that we made earlier around avoiding purely trauma porn situation of yeah you know like not just viewing Palestinians through this pity lens of this awful genocide that is occurring in front of our eyes, but also mm. the joy, the culture, the beauty that they... That existed bring and ...continue even before. to bring, yeah. exactly. And like them, this is their way of sharing that with the world and there's some really, really beautiful stories out there from Palestinian authors, writers, creators, artists, etc.
1: I think that's really special and perfect... To end this episode on marginalized authors yeah. and groups. I felt as like well. we couldn't
0: talk about marginalization and not be like, oh, like we're literally witnessing some fucking heinous shit in real time.
1: Totally agree. I'm right there with you. I'm so glad you did and fully support that. <laughs> and yeah, everyone go check out the links in the yes. episode notes.
0: Yes, please, please, please. Yay, well, happy ish um Reading, I know, watching, yeah. following—so <laughs> like it's a—it's a bit of a doubter, but it's you can a, balance it. It's, it's like it's yeah. like the
1: nice kind of like celebration stuff, but also tempering that with what's actually going on right now. Exactly.
0: So yeah, um, it's a good balance. So hopefully, you all go away and maybe learn something or find a new author, whatever it may be. I hope you. He-
1: so much poetry to read i'm so excited
0: <laughs> so excited here to read this book just so you can talk to me about it i'm actually so <laughs> so pumped doing oh, it so good Jeez. perfect right. okay
1: <laughs>
0: yay all
1: right happy reading everyone happy reading